What is up, everybody? I am back with another edition of the State of Bitcoin podcast, where I've got a very special guest. I've got Derek Ride, founder of Moontax. All my homies hate taxes, but unfortunately, we have to pay them. So Derek and I get into a bunch of crazy different conversations, a lot of different things. You know, if you've swapped shitcoin after shitcoin for Bitcoin, if you're just reaching to the Bitcoin thesis, welcome to becoming a Bitcoin maxi. But some people had to dabble a little bit with shitcoins to get here. That's okay. As long as you're a Bitcoin maxi now, we do appreciate that. So we talk about swaps, we talk about buying and selling, trading, transacting. And if you're one of the few people, not few actually, unfortunately, one of the millions of people that got caught up in whether it's FTX, Celsius, BlockFi, all these staking platforms that had staking rewards for putting your Bitcoin on it. First, never do that again. Not financial advice, but you know, let's be smart here, people. And then uh, we talk about if that's a taxable event. So a lot of different things. We're all kind of working through taxes now as it is tax season. People are getting busy trying to figure out how much they owe to that dirty IRS or trying to get a tax uh, and a tax income return. So it's overall a very informative conversation. Can be, a, uh, you know, not a, a the best, most entertain, entertaining topic, but definitely a needed one. So be sure to tune in and subscribe wherever you get podcasts. Please, 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 from my bottom of my heart, give me a five-star review wherever you get podcasts. Leave a review. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever. And then for those sending sats, it is greatly appreciated. As well as subscribe to my YouTube. Subscribe to the YouTube. Join the chat. We had a couple chat questions in there today. Subscribe and like all those videos. Help boost this thing up and share with family and friends. And as always, ladies and gentlemen, this is not financial advice and should never be taken as financial advice. Everything you hear in this podcast is strictly the opinion of myself and my guest should not be taken as financial advice. And if you need a tax consultant or something along those lines, please contact your local CPA or contact Moon Tax. You can find all that in the show notes. All right, now enough of me rambling. Let's get into the show. Whoosh. Bing bong. I am live with another edition of the State of Bitcoin podcast. And I really want to thank from the bottom of my heart, everybody that's been streaming me sats on any podcasting 2.0 app such as Fountain. And if you guys want me to read them on this show, feel free to leave me a little boost and a little note there. We do have one note from the last episode uh, from Joey's Achilles. So shout out to Joey, uh, the Canadian Bitcoiners podcast said first, the Canadian Bitcoiners, Len and Joey then FOSS, now BTC Sessions. Keep the Canadians coming, man. Bullish on Canadian Bitcoiners. So uh, Plate Licking Pleb already kind of tweeted it out, so it's a little teaser of uh, next week, but I will be having him on. So the Canadians in the in the uh, audience here, they're going to be diving into everything going on in the Canadian Bitcoiners uh, conference that's going on in Toronto in June. So be sure to tune into that episode next week if you're really interested in the Canadian side of things. And I'd also like to thank my sponsor, Coddle.co. That's C-O-D-L.co. If you haven't gotten your Bitcoin off exchanges, what the hell are you doing? I mean, come on. You've seen all the signs. 
Binance is, is stopping withdrawals. We've got FTX. We've got Celsius. We've got all these other ones. What makes you think your exchange is not going to let you pull or going to let you pull your Bitcoin off exchanges at all, at all times? Just get it off right now. Do it into some sort of cold storage and buy a punch plate from Coddle.co and use promo code GreenCandle when checkout. You'll get 10% off and you'll keep those seed phrases nice and safe through thick and thin. You don't have to memorize them. You don't have to do anything like that. Buy a punch plate and get yourself as prepared as possible to stay sovereign. Now, I've got a very special guest here. I've got Derek Ride, who is the founder of Moontax. So, Derek, how are you doing today? Hey, you know, we're, we're hanging in. It's, it's tax season, and it is, it's busy, but we are uh, we're excited. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So before we dive into tax season and everything like that, tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us a little bit about your background. And uh, you told me a little bit pre-show you got a terrible Bitcoin story. So I don't know if that, that's a great preface for this, but, you know, why don't you dive into that a little bit? Yeah. Um, so it's I, I've I've been I've loved tech my whole life. I've been building computers since I was probably, I don't know, six, six, seven years old, something like that. And um, I had a I had a techno whiz friend in high school. I, I think I was 15, 16 at the time. Uh, 2010. I remember it pretty well. It was probably it was actually you know what yeah it was probably like november december or something like that and um this friend and i we would go to secondhand stores and we would go buy computers and then we would tear them apart and we would build them and we would sell the scrap parts on ebay and we just had this like little ebay store and i just like help out on the side I, i wasn't you know i wasn't i wasn't like a coder or anything at that point and he uh, found the Bitcoin white paper, like literally that would have put us right at the very beginning. And he builds a rig. We mine Bitcoin on it for two days. He was like, yeah, that was cool. Trashes the computer, sells the stuff online. And we, we talk about it all the time. Like I, I, uh, hit him up in 2016 went like on the first ride to, you know, three K or whatever Bitcoin was then. And I was like, dude, what the hell were we thinking? Like, how, how, you know, but we're just dumb kids. Um, and it, it's, it's, a uh, it's funny ever since then crypto sort of just chased me. And finally I took the leap in, uh, you know, end of 2020. Um, and th- that kind of kicks off like how moon tax came about is, so I bought, I bought Bitcoin on the first, you know, on the second pump to, to 20,000. And, I remember, you know, there's a lot of adrenaline. You, you know, I bought in at like probably like right around four thousand. Just put a few thousand dollars in and just like watched it right up. And I was like, guys, what do we do? And then it came back down to ten, right? And then and then kind of like went bullish from there. But, um, you know that that stuck with me. And and I remembered, I remembered the Bitcoin white paper. And so I remember reading it in. Yeah, this was this would have been 2020. It was it was end of the year, um, probably October, and uh, I worked for a tech YouTuber. His name is Snazzy Labs, and he, him and I like always would have crypto conversations, and he would just talk about how it was you know BS and whatever. And so I I went back and I read the white paper, and I was like, there's just something kind of special about the that you know like it's it's kind of a, the document that like it launched 
this whole world that a lot of us like are consumed in a lot of us have jobs in it a lot of us you know really believe in it for kind of there there's like a lib a liberating component to to bitcoin specifically and and i'm very bullish on bitcoin but you know anyway so uh the the last part of that story is i i was like you know what like i i want to get into crypto in a significant way so i left that job to go work for <laughs> an entrepreneur who you know, he did some angel investments, he did some other stuff, but like his big claim to fame is he invested, a, you know, a decent amount of money into Bitcoin in 2016. And he, him and I, we kind of traveled around the nation. We went to like NFT NYC and, and Bitcoin Miami and, um, you know, East Denver. And we went to like this conference in Malta, like, you know, and that opportunity was wild, right? Because we felt like we were talking to like the next Elon Musk's, you know, of, of the space where every, everyone's project was going to the moon. It was going to be this, the next big thing. It was going to revolutionize how, how you did, you know, some web two thing. Right. And, and it was, it's funny looking back because I realized how much of it was just like, you know, pandering, but, um, at the end of that, so he, he did, he paid me in shit coins, like quite literally, you know, uh, every week he'd just take his mining rewards and that was my paycheck. And so, um, I would then take those rewards and, or sorry, staking rewards. And I would take those rewards and they would be on like some arbitrary blockchain, like, like Binance smart chain, uh, polygon, something like that. And it was this like rat race to like sell this, you know, shit coin before it like dropped in value so that I could pay mortgage. I could, you know, do what I needed to do. And, you know, the end of the year comes and I'm like, hey, yo, Scott, how do I pay my taxes? Like what, how does this work, man? Like we had like a handshake agreement and, you know, now I've, now I've got to go do this like kind of strenuous thing. And he's goes, <laughs> I don't know, you know, like, like figure it out. Um, I'm in the Utah tax bit is down the street from us. And he's like, try tax bit. Uh, so I did, I, I plugged in my information and it was this garbled mess that made no sense at all. I, I, there's no user journey. I did, I've never, I've never done this before. You know, I, I would struggle uh, using TurboTax or, or whatever, you know, platform every year. And uh, so I, I call up my, my tax accountant, like I had a CPA at the time and I'm like, Hey, like, uh, I, I'm going to send you this stuff. And he was like, don't send me this stuff. You know, like I, I'm not set up for this. This is not, not my lane. Like you're going to have to find somebody else. So he, he like fires me. And, um, I had met a good friend around the time that I had taken the job, uh, by the name of Nate and he, he runs a company. Uh, called B10 Capital. And essentially what they do is they help high net worth individuals uh, mitigate or defer their tax liabilities. And so I started talking to him and I'm like, hey, there is a like a blatantly obvious need for professionals in the space that can help people not uh, feel overwhelmed when it's tax season, right? And so him and I, over the course of 
you know, about the last year and a half, we, we got together and we started creating what is now Moontax. And, and Moontax has gone through several phases of the company. Initially, what we were really focused on is we were helping individuals uh, navigate DeFi without creating liabilities, right? So uh, I, I'm not sure, you know, this is, there's no recommendations for me on this, but you know, a good, like a, like a thing that we did during the bull market was we took our really valuable Bitcoin and we wrapped it and earned tons of money from staking rewards on wrapped Bitcoin. But wrapping Bitcoin kind of defeats the purpose of Bitcoin, but also in the process, it creates a taxable event, according to the IRS. And, you know, we realized that before we really dove in. Um, and that's when I met one of my other partners. Uh, his name is Ephraim Olson. He got his JD from Harvard, got his emphasis in taxation from NYU. Uh, he's been in the digital asset space since 2017. Very, very knowledgeable, extremely good tax attorney. And I was like, hey, this, uh, you know, how, how does this wrapping thing work? Is there is there a way that we could put together an opinion or like a, a memo that this is not taxable, right? And so then we started Olson and Partners Law, which actually... Um, that's that's what we were operating when when I first met you, Brandon. And Olson and Partners Law was kind of it, it it was a law firm that we ultimately centered around Bitcoin. <laughs> Everything we built was legal, excuse me, legal positions for Bitcoin miners, right? And so we ultimately stop doing the DeFi stuff. And we, uh, you know, we would go to Mining Disrupt and we go to some of these other mining conferences and we, we would talk to people about the idea, talk to miners specifically about the idea that receiving Bitcoin through mining, that those assets are not taxable upon receipts that they are taxable upon the disposal of that asset, but not on receipts. And we had, and, and we still do, we have a, a full-blown legal opinion that states that Bitcoin is not taxable upon receipts. And we went and we brought that around to several of the largest mining companies, you know, Riot, we talked to Riot, we talked to um, Core Scientific and um, while we were talking to Core Scientific, this is this is kind of interesting because they're obviously in the position they're in right now. Um, their CFO said, "Interesting. I might even agree with you, but if Core Scientific takes this position, then we don't have revenue, <laughs> and so our stock our stock price isn't worth anything." so it's, it was weird. It was like a, it was like a wild realization that, that we're not going to be able to sell this to the companies, even though we could do refilings on their whole portfolios with this opinion, change their accounting methods, potentially save them, you know, tens of millions of dollars a year and kind of preserve 
Bitcoin, right? Because because ultimately these companies are earning Bitcoin and then they've got to they've got to churn it into into fiat in order to pay their taxes. And you know, we we believe in the uh, hold your Bitcoin off chain <laughs> kind of strategies, right? If you want to play play with play money, right? Um, but if if you if you believe in the vision of Bitcoin dollar cost average and, and hold it in private. But yeah. So, so now um, we've, we've ultimately used Olson and partners law to, to continue to do those great, great things that we've been providing for people, but we've also added, you know, kind of staking rewards positions, it, really trying to help out the DeFi community too, because there is some, there's some interesting technology there. Um, and, you know, I, I think that anybody that's trying to create in this space deserves a chance. I, I want, I want to see cryptocurrency. I want to see digital assets thrive. Um, there, there are things that I, that I wouldn't really care if they, they worked out or not, but, um, ultimately we ended up, you know, working with several of the, the sort of compliance tax softwares in the space. Um, we've worked with Zen Ledger. We we are currently, we just announced a partnership on uh, Tuesday with Cointracker. And ultimately what we do now is we help individuals reconcile their accounting for their crypto transacting, right? So um, a lot of us in the space, we are, we're holding Bitcoin, but also the lot of us are holding Ethereum and we're bridging it to Avalanche and we're, you know, staking it and we're taking out DeFi loans and we're triple collateralizing and doing some things that you can't do in the traditional finance space. And um, that's what makes crypto unique. But that's also why crypto's hard is because you may or may not realize the tax implications that are happening because of these trading routines that you've developed, right? And so um, we come in from a consulting perspective. We come in from a legal perspective. We have a handle on reconciling these accounting mistakes as well as filing on these taxes. And so it's, you know, it can be full service. It can also be a la carte, but my goal is to help people learn how to use digital assets and not ruin their life because they don't realize what's going on from a tax side. Right. Yeah. And so, I mean, right off the bat, I just want to ask that make sure I clear up this question um, from, because I, I believe I've heard it somewhere and I believe Gary Gensler said it, but I want to make sure that I, that I'm on the right track here, but right. believe that Bitcoin is uh, dealt with as a commodity when it comes to taxes and, Altcoins are all of them are deemed as security so far. Is that correct? So, so there's nothing's defined. So um, that that's another thing. Like when I, what what? Hold on, let me answer that question. So so no, that's that's not necessarily how it is defined currently. So the IRS has come out with a guideline, and a guideline is a really fancy word for just somebody's opinion, right? Um, you can. You, there, there are a lot of things that the IRS has said that is pretty much not arguable from like a tax perspective. It's like, yeah, of course it's defined like that. But there's a lot of things that they've said 
where they kind of show their ignorance, right? There's, there's aspects of digital currencies that (laughs) I, I don't know if you can argue that position or not. Right. And so our take is look at the facts, look at the defining technology and then talk to an attorney about that to like further explore what your options are, because uh, th- and that was a big thing when I was getting into this, you know, I was like, OK, cool, I'm going to pay my taxes. Let's go see how. And so I type in, you know, you know, cryptocurrency tax guidelines. Right. And the IRS 2014-21 pops up. <clears throat> Excuse me. And. It is a six-page document, a 16-question-and-answer format, and it very loosely defines any of it. You know, it's, it's kind of hard to look at that and go, oh, yeah, this is, this is really straightforward, really easy to look. You know, they're, they're really broad, super generalized answers going you know, they're using, they're using terminology like virtual currencies. Right. And and it's like, what does that even mean? You know? Um, And so our, our other stance and the other thing that we really believe in is that good legislation has to happen. Um, And, you know, I, I think a lot of people will dislike that I am pro legislation But the reason for it is because once these obscurities are defined, then that will usher in adoption, that will usher in institutional wealth to enter the space. Your tax softwares will get better. The scams will be fewer and far in between. And people can operate in Bitcoin like they always have. People can operate in these other DeFi platforms like they do. And it will, I I think the... (laughs) I think the ups and downs will be more mitigated, but also I think that it takes, it takes thought leaders. It takes industry professionals that under like, you know, it takes the Bitcoin miners. It takes the tax tax attorneys and the tax filers coming together and going, Hey, we don't agree with this, right? We think it should be this. Because taxes should never be the reason that an industry fails. You know, taxes, taxes are an inevitability. It's just something that happens. But they're also people's generally, you know, businesses and and individuals largest expenses in a year. And if you don't approach taxes with strategy, planning, you know, uh, sort of a goal in mind, Uh, you can blindlessly trade your way into like a huge, huge bill. Yeah. I mean, and that, that you're nailing it on the head there. So I, I got a couple questions for you, just some, some scenarios I'll run through with you. Um, so the first one is, all right, say you have, I don't know, XYZ coin, Dogecoin, whatever, and you swap it directly for Bitcoin, whether it's on one of these services that has been theoretically shut down now, or, you know, something along those lines. Cause I think like majority of services that offer that maybe Coinbase does, I'm not hundred percent sure, but a lot of these services offer offered a swap feature where essentially, you know, I don't know, you have one Ethereum, you want to swap it for some Bitcoin. You can do that. Is that considered a taxable event, even though you didn't, 
I guess, transact into U.S. dollars or maybe Coinbase or whoever did it, did it behind the scenes? Sure. Th yeah, sure thing. So, yeah, let's let's do take Coinbase. So if if on Coinbase you hold you hold an asset and you're trading for another asset, trades are always defined as taxable events. The tax is defined on what you paid for the first asset and what the up or or down motion was before you traded it to the second asset. So if you bought Bitcoin, well, let's not take Bitcoin. Let's take Ethereum. Let's say you bought Ethereum at $100. So you put $100 into ETH and you, <clears throat> you then trade it for Bitcoin, but it went, your, your ETH was worth $100 more when you sold it. You're going to be liable for the increase in the $100. So you're paying... Uh, pro, you know, like, let's say you didn't hold it for a year. So there's, there's all these defining factors, right? If you hold it for longer than a, a year or more, it's a long-term capital gain. If you hold it for under a year, it's a short-term capital gain. So uh, the reason that's important is because long-term cap gains, they're around 22-ish percent. And that goes up or down depending upon your tax bracket. And then long-term cap gains are defined at like, close to 38%. So it, it's, it's defined as like income tax. Um, and this is, this is based on metrics. If you're in the higher tax bracket, just, just so you guys are all aware, um, it, it could be considerably less, you know, if you have, if you have smaller positions in, in cryptocurrency, this, this may or may not apply to you. Um, but the, the point in telling you that is you're not paying, you're not paying taxes on, you know, what you originally paid for the, for the ether, but you will for any increase. And on the contrary, if there, if ETH went way down, you would, you would earn a, a minus, like a, a capital loss on that long-term or short-term dependent. But, you know, and there's, there's a the simple strategies sort of surrounding it. It's called uh, loss harvesting, wash sale rules don't apply to, um, they don't apply to digital assets yet. So like if you bought a huge position in Doge, right? And you were like, yeah, it's mooning. And then you realize that there wasn't a lot of value behind it. And it kind of came way down at the end of the year before, before midnight on the 31st, you could sell Doge and immediately rebuy it and coop that loss and have that apply towards your taxes for that year. You can carry those losses forward, um, and you can use them for subs, you know, subsequent years when when you expect you know big gains to happen in in your portfolio. All right, cool. Yeah, that's that's pretty interesting. And I I I, I want to say that I thought that, but I mean, it was they're offering these platforms or these like you know mechanisms to make it easy to yeah. trade. And yeah. I think like that kind of gets lost in the weeds with a lot of people, especially when they're doing their taxes. And so I'm sure a lot of people are maybe receiving some tax forms from a Coinbase or wherever. And they're yeah. like, what the hell is all this? But I've got another question for you. And it, it might be one that stumps you. So if you don't know the answer, feel free sure. to say that. But sure. there's been a lot of these, you know, you mentioned like staking and there's been a lot yeah. of these platforms that have gone under, right? So you think Celsius, BlockFi, all these other ones. So, you know, from my general understanding, when you put, I don't know, if it was like Bitcoin on BlockFi, for example, and you received 3%, you would be taxed on whatever that 3% 
that you quote unquote earned in Bitcoin was worth at the time of whenever it hit. So if that's paid out monthly, daily, weekly, whatever, you're kind of taking a tax hit for that. So yeah. what the first question is, is am, am I correct on that? And two, do you have to pay taxes on all those quote unquote earned values of whatever you stake, Bitcoin, whatever, if now you cannot withdraw anything? So like a lot of these now are like kind of shut off, right? <laughs> you can't withdraw any of the money. So it's theoretically stuck in there, but it's like paper gain, I guess you like have it there. I don't know. I mean, obviously when this, the bankruptcy, the bankruptcy yeah. stuff is, is very complex. So I'm tr- if you want to, if you can dumb it down just a little bit and, you know, yeah. bring it back to like a personal level, go for it. it, it okay. Um, so so yes uh so the first question was on stake rewards if you're earning stake rewards but they're locked in a in a a vault that basically will never be unlocked right that that's kind of your point with like celsius and, and some of these other institutions so so stake rewards this is a really controversial topic and we're a little bit more uh we want to help people I think that's a really easy way to word this is like, yeah, absolutely. I believe in paying taxes, but in the same breath, I also want to help you pay the right amount of taxes, right? Not, not a penny more, you know? And so um, we have, we have a position that we, that we tell people is it's a possibility to take. And essentially that is currently under the guidance when you stake an asset and you're earning that asset back, right? So a staking reward, essentially, that's a taxable event. And that event is an income event. So it's just like you go to your day job, right? And you you get your paycheck. They take your taxes out of that. You know, you're on your way, whatever. So uh, staking rewards are an income event currently, according to the guidelines. Now we have a position where it's, we think it's probable. And again, this is not, this is not legal advice. I can't give you guys legal advice, but um, we think it's probable to define it two ways. First of all, you could define it as a reward, therefore income. Um, But you also could define it as return of that same asset as it's just a bundled ball. Now there's still tax associated with that if you've sold it. Right. But our point is that it could be defined that you can hold that asset and that you don't get burned on it essentially. Right. And so that's not, it's not taxed until sold. Right. That, that goes back to the Bitcoin thing that I was saying. Um, The second the second question is, so so really quickly, like to, to talk specifically to the these um, institutions that are shutting down. Uh, that's a mess, right? I, I, for, it, it's kind of it varies person by person. Some people are like, no, it's gone forever. I'm I'm I want to write that off. I, I just want that to be gone. And that could be considered a risky position. Right. Um, other people are going, eh, I've held it this long. You know, I, I'll just see what happens. Right. And so they, they don't do anything about it, but I think it would be 
I think it would be pretty hard for the IRS to define that locked asset as something that you would need to pay in, you know, basically tax on the staked rewards. Like I, I think they would have a really hard time telling you to do that considering the company's not really operational. Um, but then moving into the second part of your question, uh, which was, um, sorry, remind me one more time. I, I lost my Yeah, train. so it's basically like, you know, the same kind of question as as you were almost answering there. But, uh, you know, I I'll I want to bring up a point kind of from the first answer before we get sure. into Yeah, 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 please, please, please. So uh, basically, you know, the way I view it now, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, but the way I view it is it's a lot of these institutions are kind of looked at almost as like a crypto bank. So say it's like a high yield savings account or something along those lines and you put in X, Y, Z coin in there and then it's, you know, you're getting the whatever reward is percent back in that same coin. So, you know, if you were to do that in a normal bank or you were to, you know, buy a stock that gives a 5% dividend or something along those lines, you know, that's something that would get taxed. But the thing I'm unsure about is that if it's compared to maybe a tax or a dividend as a stock, if you were to use that dividend to re- then rebuy the stock, which many services allow you to do, is that taxable then too? So is that kind of like a, in the same line? Um, so I I can't I can't directly answer that just because I I feel like that would be like diving into like mass like advice right yeah yeah i'm sorry about that but uh, no 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 i i just i just wanted to clarify i i think that you're bringing up some really interesting points and and i would i would urge people to think about that because that's what's happening right now with legislation congress you know like like there's a huge mad dash to how the heck do we regulate this space? You know, you have the fall of FTX, which everyone thought was like the holy child, right? And it 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 was the biggest catastrophe of maybe this last year. I don't know. Maybe, maybe there's others that people feel were larger. But it was so unexpected for the community in a lot of ways that, you know, and, and obviously like I'm like, hey, man, self-custody. I, I wasn't affected. I will say this, you know, with a smile on my face, I was not affected by any of them, none of them, not Luna, not sell, none of them, right? And so, um, but it 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 still was a huge shock, and and it was like a really tragic and sad day, I think. And um, Congress is like they're trying to figure this out, and the people that are determining these things don't have. <laughs> they don't have any skin in the game in a significant way. And so I would urge people to, you know, talk with your legislators, like, like make this a big deal because if this becomes the defining moment of our world that I think a lot of people assume it and want it to become, then there has to be a lot more involvement from the ground up, right? Like we, we kind of act as like this baseline. And so, um, that's that's a great question. I don't know, right? Like there's there's a lot of ways that you could 
talk about staking rewards in a positive and negative light. And, you know, if it is defined that way, I think for a lot of people, staking doesn't single single asset staking, single token staking doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, I, I won't say names, but there was a there was a token locally that launched like a huge success. Tons of people went in, you know, big, big, um, lots of value locked up in there. And, you know, people were earning like $5,000, $10,000 a day because it rode from a penny. It rode from a penny all the way up to 36 cents. Well, at the top, that's when they were earning these huge sums of cash and they were just taking them and they were re-throwing them back in the system. Well, then it crashed back down to one cent. And so if you never sold anything, nothing, not one app, not one piece of that token, um, you could, if you had staked $10,000 at the beginning and you were, you were, you know, unstaking and restaking it, basically harvesting and restaking auto, auto compounding, so to speak, uh, at the peak, you on paper would have earned a million dollars and at the bottom would have owed $500,000 in taxes but only have had roughly $245,000 in holdings. Well, do the math like that. You're, you're screwed. You know, that's a polite, that's a polite way to say it. Like you're, you're screwed. And, and so we've got, we've had to be like on our toes because people were doing some things that, that don't really have finance, like finance basis. Like what were you thinking? Like it's too good to be true. Probably is right. And, um, so anyways, uh, like it's, it's just tricky. Like I, I think you need to figure out your risk tolerance and then talk to a legal professional and a tax professional too, you know, but (laughs) yeah, I mean, it's crazy situations. Yeah. I mean, there's crazy situations out there and crazy situations with staking and like some of these exchanges, right. Obviously, you know, one of my sponsors is a punch plate. So, I mean, I fully believe in taking your Bitcoin off exchanges. I don't believe in staking it. I don't believe in, you know, a lot of these exchanges, you know, when you see a token that they're offering, that's their token and they're incentivizing you to buy it, which really doesn't have any backing, huge red flag. I mean, I could go on and on about why I think, you know, you should get your Bitcoin off exchanges, but that's what I want to get into right now with you. Yeah. Because if you bought it on an exchange and you put it into cold storage now, and it's like, you know, whether you did it, through some mixing service, you did it on Sparrow, some of these ones sure. that are non-KYC, you bring your, you know, Bitcoin, you bought it on Strike, Coinbase, you know, yeah. some of these other ones, whatever you bought it on, and then you took it off, and now the IRS theoretically doesn't know where that is because it's, you know, in a KYC thing, I, I mean, non-KYC thing. You, I mean, you know, there's obviously digital forensic people that can probably figure it out if you're not using your mixing service or whatever, or you're not doing the proper things to kind of, you know, hide your identity behind all that. Regardless of all that, if you were to pull it off of an exchange and now the IRS theoretically doesn't know where that Bitcoin is, is that a taxable event then because you brought it off and you, maybe you didn't sell it? Nope. Nope. Not at all. Yeah, please do that, everyone. <laughs> that's that's a great that's a great strategy. Um, you know, and and I'll like 
like I'm, I'm very, very transparent. There's, there's a lot of things that I, that I love about the space in general, a lot, a lot. I mean, geez, like I, I talked to some of these backend engineers and I just am like, like you guys, like, this is great. Like, you know, the, the sort of the silent revolution was worth it. Like, this is so cool. It's so exciting to be a part of this, but at the same time, um, please understand. And, and I, I think if, if, okay. So if you are trading actively, pay your taxes, it, it, it's worth it. Please. I, I assure you it's worth it. Uh, within five years, um, they will have the systems. They'll be able to look at all of the stuff and, you know, there's statute of limitations. So like, you know, if like you didn't catch a few things and whatever, fine. Like they're, you're, you're beyond statute of limitations, but for illegal activity, it, they can go back as far as they need to. So like do good, honest legal things. But um, when it comes to strategy for, you know, holding Bitcoin or, or holding any digital asset that you might think has intrinsic value, Yes, like try not to trade it. So there's there's a few there's a few ways the taxable events happen, but almost always it's a sell or a trade, right? So swap, trade, whatever, those are those are all taxable, right? And you're going to get taxed at either that you're going to get taxed at either that capital, long-term capital or short-term capital gain or loss. And then the other thing is um, if you have like wallets, right? So you have like you onboard through a centralized exchange or, or you do use like, um, what is it? Is it, you know, Bitcoin.com or right? You're buying these assets and then you have um, cold storage device of choice, right? If you're self-transferring, that's like going to your your Wells Fargo or your Chase Bank and walking up, handing them your ATM card and saying, hey, I want $500. It's not a taxable event. They're going to get you the 500 bucks. You're going to take it, throw it under your mattress or whatever you do. And, um, you know, turn it into Bitcoin, right? But but the idea is that self-transfers are fine. And it's okay to protect yourself from, you know, be, be anonymous. Um, another thing, like sort of in that vein is... Again, don't do illegal activity, but understand that if you're going to be doing high transaction, high high volume trading, you should pay your taxes on it. They they'll they'll figure it out. The IRS is smart; they're not they're not dumb. But in the same breath, understand that if you go onto one of these platforms and you enter in your information, you're associating yourself with your first and last name, your your phone number, generally your email address, and then you're connecting every wallet you've ever used to these platforms. So I suggest, you know, if you're going to do this, have your Bitcoin completely unaffiliated, have your highly precious assets, digital assets, like unaffiliated, and then create other accounts and don't use those accounts in tandem. And you can do that. That's, that's perfectly legal. There's nothing illegal about that. And then just, you know, connect all of your high trade volume accounts up, file your taxes on that. But buying and holding Bitcoin is non-taxable. 
All right. Well, we do have a question in the crowd yeah. uh, in the chat here from Romel. So shout out to Romel, who's a who's a regular in here. But I'll read it out to you. And it was a question that I kind of wanted to to ask as well. So overall, great question. So I appreciate uh, Romel contributing the chat. So for those listening, catch it on YouTube, and you can uh, potentially ask a, a question in the crowd as well during the next episodes. But uh, how do you follow taxable events? You know, like if yours, if I send Bitcoin from me to you over the Lightning Network, or if somebody is streaming Sats, for example, uh, you know, to to podcast, that's kind of getting popular now with podcasting 2.0. Or if you know, I'm buying something or some good <laughs> or service with Bitcoin, um, you know, that's kind of becoming popular now too. Is that all a taxable event? Yes. Um, and that's and that's because and that's that's why I am excited about regulation is because there is an opportunity to fight for Bitcoin being, you know, a tender, have, like being able to do certain types of things with it without incurring this like big taxable event. So so that that's the thing like this. These are these are assets right now and to the government, they're assets. So if you buy a house and you buy it for, you know, $100,000, good luck. But if let's say you bought it for 100 grand and it rode up in value to 150, you're going to owe taxes on the 50,000, right? So, um that's that's the biggest problem. But if you do do that type of transacting, um there are things called accounting methods, right? So you have like FIFO and HIFO and and LIFO, right? If you're using last in first out LIFO and your dollar cost averaging your fiat into Bitcoin, that's a great accounting method because your long term Bitcoin that you bought, you know, hopefully you were much luckier than I was, bought it back in 2012. You know, you sent your money to Mt. Gox, got your Bitcoin, right? You held on to it. Leave that Bitcoin alone. But but these taxable events are they're based on what they call lots. And so it's like, if you bought a grouping of Bitcoin in 2016, you bought a grouping of Bitcoin in 2020, you bought a grouping of Bitcoin yesterday, um, you would want to sell the Bitcoin that has that you bought at the most expensive price. You'd want to, you'd want to sell the Bitcoin that you bought at $62,000, right? Because what that's going to do is you're going to incur capital losses on that Bitcoin. Right. So that'll actually help you when your whole port goes worth more. Right. Um, but but yeah, so so that's how they know. Right. If you send it to your buddy, you send it to, you know, you buy you buy an iPod from somebody um, like what's going to happen is they're going to see that Bitcoin leave your wallet. It's going to register as a send and then that's going to be a taxable event. Um, so full disclosure uh we have a partnership with coin tracker but coin tracker is a great place to you know go you can put your accounts in there they'll show you at a high level what your transactions are now where it gets complicated and this may or may not apply to this audience where it gets complicated is when you get into DeFi. it's when you're doing cross-chain analysis you know you're sending ethereum to this blockchain over to this blockchain over to this blockchain um, you know, Bitcoin, you can do the same thing with, you know, like uh, Ren BTC, right? They've, they've got a really uh, robust platform. But, but the idea is that that's when it gets complicated. If, if you're buying 
and you're holding Bitcoin, if you're just selling it casually back and forth with your friends, um, sends, purchases, tr like, you know, sells, those are going to be taxable events and, it, and they're going to be hard to avoid. Yeah, that's a, that's a interesting though because it seems like you know the the I guess buying using Bitcoin to kind of buy and sell items is starting to popularize at least in the U.S. You know we've yeah. got things like Oshi, so shout out to Oshi and Michael Atwood. They're building great products in in Austin, and you know a lot of these you know uh, places are starting to accept Bitcoin as payment, um, whether that's through the Lightning Network using Strikes API or or something else, you know, the, the adoption seems to be coming some, somewhat quickly. Um, now, how quickly that's going to happen, I don't really know. And, yeah. you know, obviously, the regulation and kind of the rules and, and taxable event, you know, definitions behind all that is going to be a little bit lagging behind this technology. So, course, yeah. you know, when, when it comes to, when it comes to like working on, you know, our uh, purchasing something, right? I mean, I feel like that, like, say you're in line, right? You're going to go buy a sandwich somewhere or buy a coffee or whatever. And you're in line, you see, hey, you know, buy this for X amount of sats or um, however much uh, dollars. Well, yeah. if you're in line right there and you say you go to, I don't know, your cash app strike, whatever, buy Bitcoin while you're in line right there and yeah. then send it to this person immediately after, is that still considered a taxable event, even though, you know, I guess yeah, the price didn't change? No, that, that's a that's a great point. Yeah, it is. But that's the right way to do it. The right way to do it is to not wait six months, right? Because if you bought $100 of Bitcoin at the beginning of the year and the goal was, okay, I'm going to buy... I'm going to buy a $2 candy bar every single day for the full year or however long that would last. Uh, let's say you, that $100 turns into $200, right? Which is completely possible. Uh, you, every time you'd spend, that would become a more expensive candy bar because now you're spending $2, but you're incurring a really high sales tax. So the, the, you know, probably a, an okay strategy would be like, okay, I'm going to dollar cost average in, I'm going to spend $100 on Bitcoin this week. I'm going to use $50 in Bitcoin at my like favorite local convenience store, right? Who have, who have, they take Bitcoin, they've got Bitcoin ATMs, they're supporting the ecosystem. And then you know that like, yeah, on my, on my $2, like I'm going to incur 28 cents in, in tax liability and so I'm only going to pay out like eight cents on, on those taxes. Right. So yeah, there, there's definitely strategies to do this. Like I, I would say that there are, but that's, that's like sort of the, uh, that's the plus and minus of Bitcoin is that you're offloading uh, shit coin or, or us dollars into this thing that we believe to, to kind of like bolster the economy and, and our position in it. Uh, but at the same time, like as Bitcoin succeeds, uh, there's tax liabilities associated with it. So I don't, I don't know. Um, I'm not the right person in my company to be talking about this in, in great detail, but uh, there's a few members of our community who have personally met with Gillibrand and Lummis um, who, who proposed 
um, I'm forgetting the name of the bill at the, at the moment, but they proposed a bill last year that was, you know, both, it was a good step in the right direction. I'm not going to say I loved everything in the bill, but, you know, in speaking with a Wyoming representative, she's smart. She's really smart. And I think that, that if there was enough backing, right, if there was enough people that kind of like spoke up, there are some things that I think would happen um, that could that could help that position, right? But I think it's going to be hard to just it, it's we're, we're not going to be like El Salvador, right? Like we're not going to just be like, yep, legal tender. Like it's the United States. And, and sorry, that's I'm not sure where everyone's from. You you may for, be from different parts of the world. Hopefully, you are in El Salvador, where it is you know non taxable event as you spend, but. Um, you know, the, the idea is that this is a community effort to get the right things to happen for Bitcoin to kind of like bring about like probably a lot what a lot of us have daydreamed about, you know, for a long time going, geez, like what if this does take over and and it's everything that Satoshi outlined. Right. Uh, but, yeah, it's it's a big group effort, but that that would probably be the way that would be the way is to buy it in small increments, you know, with the intent to spend it, you know? Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I'm putting you on the spot here with some tough questions, right? But I mean, I think it, there it's a great and timely conversation because we got, yeah. you know, we got James here in the chat who's saying he's going through his tax documents and I'm kind of in the process doing the same. So oh. I think a lot of people are yeah. kind of around that, you know, thinking about these kind of things, whether they've spent Bitcoin or done something else. And so before I let you go, I got one more question for you because you did bring up El Salvador. So I have to ask, say a pleb or somebody else or some somebody along those lines travels to El Salvador or travels to one of these places where Bitcoin is legal tender and uses Bitcoin to spend, but they bought it in the U.S. or some one of these on ramps, you know, that or maybe they earned it or, or did something along the lines of that, but they are a U.S. citizen or you know, a citizen of an, another country, obviously, you know, you're expert in the US tax code, not not anywhere else. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, does that kind of trigger a taxable event as well if you're spending Bitcoin, but in a country where it's legal tender? Yeah, that that's a great question. Um, there, there may be a way to you, you would want to you'd want to consult with the with a tax attorney on that. But my high level if you're a U.S. citizen, you're paying U.S. taxes. So if you move to El Salvador, completely different, you know, conversation. Um, you know, Puerto Rico, like, right? We we have clients who live in Puerto Rico who pay four percent tax, and they laugh at me, right? You know, it's like, it's just like the big middle finger, and I'm like, yeah, 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 very funny, right? But because you're a U.S. citizen, um, I my immediate answer would be that you're paying U.S. taxes. So yeah, it still would be. But, you know, maybe there's maybe there's a case like if you're spending a significant amount of time in El Salvador and I, I'm not sure I'm not sure what what options you would have. But, um, yeah, unfortunately, I do think it would be taxable. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Well, I, I hope that doesn't discourage any plebs from going down to El Salvador and kind of, you know, spreading that circular economy, spending their Bitcoin down there because, you know, 
it takes a big risk to be that first country to make it legal tender. And so I think the U.S. definitely has a long ways to go. And we're going to see a lot of regulation, I think, uh, throughout this upcoming year, you know, because of a lot of things that we talked about, right? A lot of the, you know, the FTX, a lot of these exchanges shutting downs and, and you know, kind of uh, almost like taking people's money, a lot of fraudulent things like that. So I think, you know, whether it's unfortunate or fortunate, I, I just hope that, you know, whoever's making these regulations become super educated or meets with the right people to kind yeah, of. And, and there, there are coalitions out there. Like go, go see if your state has a, has like a legit, you know, we, I'm, I'm a part of the Utah blockchain coalition and we basically consult with the representatives here and there's a team of us and we come from different, you know, areas of, of, I hate this term, but web three. Right. And so there's, there's a lot of us there. Um, and and we talk about these issues. We go, hey, this is this is a big strain on this thriving in our state if X Y Z, right? And so, um, yeah, get involved. Like that's great. And then also, like for for those of you that are doing your taxes, if you're struggling through it, feel free to go to themoontax.com and reach out to us. You know, we do free 15 minute consults, and then there's options from there. But you know, if you ever have any questions or, or concerns about your taxes, uh, you know, we're always happy to be a resource. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, check out Derek and, and the team over at Moon Tax. But uh, you've been very generous with your time and you've gone in and answered a lot of tough questions for everybody. So I think you know everybody has kind of an idea. And, you know, maybe if uh, yeah, obviously everybody's individual situation is a little bit different. Maybe I didn't ask all the all the questions that you're curious about. Um, so be sure to reach out to Derek. So Derek, why don't you tell people where they can find you and what you got going on? Yeah. So on, on Twitter, we, we have moon tax. I think it's like M zero zero N T A X. Right. Um, and then also my personal, which is just my first and last name. So Derek D E R E K ride W R I D E. Feel free to send me a message. I'm not, I'm not as, uh, active on Twitter, just because uh, we're in the heat of tax season. And so there's a lot going on there, but, uh, and then, and then this, you know, you can go to the site. So moontax.com uh, and there's like some form fills on there and stuff. And I'd love to, I'd love to get you scheduled with, you know, either me or, or one of our team members and, and we can look through your situation and give you some high level advice at the very least. So. Yeah, for sure. So be sure to check them out. Uh, all my homies hate taxes, but unfortunately, we have to pay them. So uh, that's, you know. that's how this started, man. It's it's uh, it was like an, an inevitability that we had to uh, kind of come together. on. Yeah, I mean, you can escape uh, the big daddy IRS for only so long before then you get audited <laughs> and then you're going to end up owing a lot more. So, uh, yeah. you know, reach out to, you know, your tax consultants or moon tax or somebody else, you know, to potentially yeah. find a way to get around all this uh pay minimum yeah, talk, talk to your cpas talk to talk to people local like that i think that's a great starting point this is we're not the only solution out there yeah for sure but you guys are a great solution so derek thank you so much for coming on and uh i have to have you back on maybe when there's uh, some new uh legislation or something else and we can kind of discuss <laughs> yeah, that I mean, i'll try to stump you that too. Yeah. we can hash it out for sure um i'd love to love to get alex on here too he's a He's big into the legislative portion of this and has a lot of uh, opinions. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Well, we'll have to do that again. So Derek, thanks so much, man. Have a good one. Yeah, I appreciate it, Brandon.